Good Saturday morning to you, 745. It's time once again for our wine chat with our friend Jack Farrell from Haskell's. Morning, Jack. Hi, Denny. How are you today? I'm doing quite well. It's still summertime, evidently. Amen. Amen. (laughs) Loving it. Yes, I had a friend who was telling me yesterday about how much he likes. He's a specialist in making barbecue ribs and how much he liked Malbec with it. I said to him, did you know where Malbec came from? And he said, no. And I thought, well, that might be an interesting topic to talk about because, as I've said to you, Denny, I think Malbec is just made in heaven to go with barbecue sauce. Totally agree. Totally agree. That sweet heat you get in a barbecue sauce, and Malbec just seemed to go so well together. But Malbec's origin is a place called Cahors in France. And Cahors is a wonderful little town. It's a medieval town. It's about 100 miles east of Bordeaux. And uh, it competed with Bordeaux historically uh, for selling their wine. Cahors is on the Lot River, and the Lot River flows into the Garonne, which again flows into uh, the Dordogne out into the Atlantic Ocean. So uh, these people were making wine up in Cahors were competing with the Bordelais. And as a matter of fact, uh, it was a very healthy competition, and the Coors were looked like they might be winning it. And that, that was really the phylloxera epidemic in the late 1880s that decimated the vineyards in Cahors and caused them to pull back on production, etc. And it became a sleepy village wine that, wasn't exported very much at all. And and just so you know about phylloxera, you know, phylloxera is like an aphid, a root louse. In fact, it is an aphid and a root louse. And it attacked all the vineyards in the world. And the problem was it came from the United States. It's a native uh, species to the United States. Well, having given the world of wine this terrible epidemic of phylloxera, uh, we also sent them the cure. That's why almost everywhere in the world, with the exception of a few places, maybe in remote parts of Oregon, Chile, etc., where they don't graft American rootstock onto Cabernet Sauvignon and onto Chardonnay, etc., etc., all of that is grafted onto American rootstock because American rootstock was totally immune to the phylloxera laus. And so phylloxera became a, a horrible thing. It, it was responsible for the elevation of Rioja because uh, the Bordelais went there because they were losing their vines in Bordeaux, and they went to Rioja to start to make wine there, etc. But anyhow, eventually this grafting took over all over the world, and that's why you hear uh, grape types are grafted on American rootstock. It doesn't make the American rootstock or the grapes any better or any less that they're grafted on American rootstock, which a lot of people seem to think that was just the cure for it. And to this day, it seems to be the best cure for it. I was introduced to Cahors many years ago by my friend Glenn Nelson. He uh, uh, was Kurt Carlson's son-in-law, and they had Prince Heinrich of Denmark come to visit them, and the prince had a property in Cahors. And Glenn said, Jack, you really ought to try this. you know anything about it? I said, well, I know it's called the black wine of Cahors because it's a very intense, dark-colored wine, but that's about all I know about it. He said, well, let me send you a bottle. And the prince arranged for me to get a bottle, and we bought some of his wine. 
and it was wonderful. Now, it isn't like Malbec. It's much more intense than Malbec, uh, and that's why Malbec was really a blending grape, because even after that, Cahors began to wane, Malbec was then introduced to Bordeaux as a blending grape. And in Cahors, the, that's the only place in all of southwest France where they do not grow any Cabernet Sauvignon, Cabernet Franc, or Merlot. They grow just uh, mainly uh, the Malbec, but uh, in, there it's called Ot or Orwa, a different name entirely, but it's the same grape, the Malbec. And even today, which makes it very interesting from my standpoint, there are Argentinians that are buying land in Cahors because when Cahors got kind of abandoned in the 1880s, except for a few diehard people that continued to make wine and continued to make this deep, deep, rich black wine of Cahors, uh, there were interest in the thing. And as I said, the Argentinians now with a flush with a little cash, are coming to Cahors to see if they can't make some wine there. And Cahors is blessed with limestone, heavy amounts of limestone in the hills. And the grapes that grow up in those hills are just terrific. And as I said, they were abandoned, you know, almost a hundred years ago, uh, because a little over a hundred years ago, uh, because it was too expensive to. Uh, uh, grow grapes on those hillsides, etc. Everything had to be done by hand. But today there is uh, a big resurgence, if you will, in interest in Malbec. And Cahors, being the birthplace of Malbec, is getting a lot of attention. Um, a typical Cahors wine would be dark, meaty kind of herb tings uh, with, oh, the nose has black cherries in it with a little bit of cedar. It really is a wonderful wine. It's generally tighter and not as opulent as Malbec is from Argentina, uh, but it, it lasts a lot longer. It, it's very, very long-lived. Uh, Well-made Cahors can easily last 25 years with no problem at all. And, and, you know, it's an interesting area because Cahors is about... 130 miles from the Atlantic Ocean. It's also about 130 miles from the Mediterranean. So it blends, uh, benefits greatly by the climate. It's a little drier than Bordeaux. And what that causes is those roots to go very, very deep looking for moisture. And it increases the sugars and phenol compounds in the wine, making it a, a much richer Malbec than the Malbecs of Argentina. As a matter of fact, because of this limestone thing, it, it's very, very hot subject today in Mendoza to go and look in the foothills of the Andes down there to find places that have a high concentration of limestone to put vineyards for Malbec there. And Coors is a kind of a big area and also very pretty. If you ever get the opportunity and you're in southwest France, it's in the Mastif Central, which is kind of like old mountain range borne down, so they're kind of hills, but they're called the Mastif Central. And uh, Cahors is right in the middle of that. And it has, it's a medieval town, which is just so picturesque with you know, many arched bridges over the Lot River. And it, it's just a fun place to visit. And as in most wine country, there's good food and 
pretty nice accommodations, very rustic, but but nice nonetheless. And the people there are very, very friendly. But I digress for a moment. So the weather is right. The the wine is very, very interesting. As I said, it reminds me very often of uh, a Malbec that's maybe gone on to college. Uh, the wines of Cahors are intense. They're rich. They only make, uh, there's a little bit of white wine produced, but it's mainly for home consumption. None of it's available commercially. But the really rich wines are these, as I call them, the black wines of Cahors. They're deep, intense, and worth seeking out, believe me. And, and I'm, they're all benefiting from the uh, surge in the popularity of Malbec. As I say, when you have Argentinians, actually, who are very nationalistic, coming to France to open vineyards in the birthplace of their most popular grape type, you, you, there's something going on. And I think it's going on all for the best. And the folks in Cahors have learned that they don't need to make these really intense black wines that take five years to open up. And they're learning from their friends in Argentina. So it's a very interesting kind of melding of the very old and the very new and high technology. And the high technology, of course, is coming not from France, but from Argentina. And Cahors is beginning to develop a renaissance. I doubt very seriously if we'll be hearing about Cahors like we hear about Bordeaux or we hear about Argentine Malbec in the very near future. But it's a very interesting wine area of the world. The wines are generally around $20, and they're as interesting as can be. As I said, I discovered, or I didn't discover, my friend Glenn Nelson discovered Prince Heinrich's uh, black wine of Cahors, and I was fortunate enough to get some of that. And we're talking back in the 70s. So we've always had an interest in the black wines of Cahors because they are interesting wines. And who would have ever dreamt at that time that Malbec would become so popular in the United States? So if you like Malbec and uh, you're interested in it, why not try a Cahors? I think you'll see how different a grape type can be. You know, we all know this, that Chardonnay made in Argentina or Chile or South America or Australia is totally different than Chardonnay made in this country. But there are similar traits. So, therefore... Obviously, Malbec, <coughs> excuse me, made in Argentina is going to be a lot different than the Malbec made in its home country in Cahors. But it's worth the experiment. You know, wine tasting and wine drinking is a wonderful adventure. And the, somebody told me once, get a corkscrew as a passport and open those bottles of wine and your adventure in the world of wine just begins. And I personally think Cahors is a stop on the adventure of wine that you won't want to miss. And you can stop at any Haskell's, too. That, that, that sounds good. And I totally agree with you about, about barbecued ribs. That is just the perfect wine. It really, yeah. really yeah. is. Well, and the folks at Haskell's, you know, love to talk about wine. They love to marry wines, whether you want Cahors or Malbec or your favorite Chardonnay. They have it. And incidentally, speaking of your favorite Chardonnay, on September 27th, uh, Kendall Jackson as their head winemaker and master sommelier for all the Kendall Jackson wines, 
you know, they're the largest, other than Gallo, uh, producer of fine wines in California, as well as other countries they're in now. And it's on the uh, 27th of September. Uh, it's about $35. It's appetizers and tasting about 12 different wines. It'll be at the local restaurant in downtown Minneapolis, which is at 10th and Hennepin. And also Haskell's has Benoit Bruneau, a famed uh, Burgundian from De Viamont, who will be in Maple Grove on the 21st of September and Stillwater on the 22nd of September, extolling the virtues of the wines of Henri de Viamont. But there's a Haskell's near you where you can save big dollars on wine on a Saturday. Haskell's in Bloomington, Haskell's in Chanhassen. There's a Haskell's in downtown Excelsior. Haskell's in Faribault right off at 35. Our Maple Grove super seller is not to be missed. Free parking at Haskell's in downtown Minneapolis on Saturdays. Minnetonka at Ridgedale, Plymouth, St. Paul's Island Village, Stillwater, White Bear Lake, and Woodbury Tune. If you can't come into Haskell's, go to Haskell's.com or go to WCCO.com slash wine, and it'll take you right to the Haskell's website where you can learn about Cahors, Malbec, and thousands of other wines. Sounds good to me. Jack, uh, Susie Jones will be filling in for me I next know. week. Have a good time. Thank you, and we'll, Stay safe. we'll talk in a couple of weeks. I'll look forward to All it. Right, Jack Farrell from Haskell's back next week with Susie Jones.